All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Yo, 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 it's the Daily Faceoff Show, and today is Tuesday, April 5th. We're streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com as well as Twitter and YouTube. He is former NHL netminder Mike McKenna, now Daily Faceoff analyst. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well, man. Just recovered from doing the coaching the Blues Warriors down in Dallas. We had a good time in the tournament. Didn't win many games. I might get fired as a coach, but you know what I ran into down there was David Clarkson coaching the Colorado Warriors. Awesome to see him. A fun tournament and ready to get back on board with some NHL action here, Frank. Has your liver recovered? Ha! <laughs> no, I think it was more my ego because we didn't win, man. The, the liver's fine. But right here, man, we got to win some games. That always cures everything. Coaches are hired to be fired. Mike, you know that. You've been around long enough. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. We had some breaking news just before our show started, and that's Ryan Getzlaff from the Anaheim Ducks announced his retirement. We'll get to that in just a few minutes, but we got to start with Austin Matthews, number 54 for number 34 on Monday night in Tampa, as not only did the Toronto Maple Leafs slay their likely first-round opponent in the Tampa Bay Lightning, but Austin Matthews tied the Toronto Maple Leafs franchise record for most goals in a season, a record which he can set tonight as the Maple Leafs cross Alligator Alley and face off against the Florida Panthers. Matthews does it in Matthews-like fashion. 17 minutes on the ice, seven shots, three goals, four points. And now we are looking at a guy who is just on an unbelievable pace, Mike, with 47 goals in his last 47 games. It's an incredible streak. 
it really is amazing to think about. And when I watch Matthews, what catches my eye is just so often how he scores when the puck's already on his stick. And you think about great goal scorers in the past. You know, I, my reference point's always Brett Hull. That's who I grew up watching in St. Louis. And he always had a setup man. He had Adam Oates, Craig Janney, Pierre Turgeon, really good players at dishing the puck. And that's not that Austin Matthews doesn't have great chemistry uh, with Mitch Marner. It's there. It's real. It's just that Matthews can do it on his own. And when that's on his stick, there's so few left that can just carry it in and score, Frank. And that's Austin Matthews. And there's a fear factor for other teams going up against him. And, you know, to me, I think that's one of the reasons why at this point he's emerging as the true heart candidate, because I think even Huberto in Florida, I don't think players are scared to play against him as much as they are Matthews, because when the puck is on Matthews stick, you know what can happen. So he's the best pure scorer in hockey right now. To me, I also think he's the league's MVP. Yeah, I don't want to go too deep into the weeds on the Hart Trophy debate because I think we could all drive ourselves crazy over these next few weeks with so many candidates. I'm starting to narrow down my list, though, maybe to seven guys that will appear uh, in the five spots on my ballot. But I wanted to raise this question with you and tell me if it's too soon. Is it too soon to have the chat about you saw that stat that we just popped up there, goals per game in in your career, Austin Matthews at 0.63, and you look at his career and these last two seasons, he's at 0.82 goals per game. That's 95 goals in 116 games. So my question to you is this. Austin Matthews now has 253 goals in 398 games. If he continues on at this pace of the last two seasons, he will get to 500 goals in 102 quicker games than Alex Ovechkin. I think we've already kind of settled the debate and Wayne Gretzky himself has weighed in saying that he thinks Alex Ovechkin is the best goal scorer of all time. He's chasing down Gretzky's record. Is Matthews potentially the best goal scorer of all time or is it too soon to even talk about it? So much is going to depend on Matthew's health. If he stays healthy, I can't see the Maple Leafs falling off during his tenure there with who they have locked up long-term, at least offensively. I think he has every chance, but you have to have consistency and that's and you have to have health. And those are two things that Ovechkin had. He has, he's had Backstrom pretty much his whole career, giving him pucks, and he's been healthy. So if Matthews can have that as well, I see no reason why he can't end up right next to Gretzky and Ovechkin at the top of the leaderboard by the time he's done. Yeah, it feels eminently repeatable, doesn't it? It's just the guy's yeah. a machine. He shows up, scores, and it's like nothing ever happened. Uh, it's pretty amazing to watch. Um, let's take a look at Tampa Bay, the team that the Maple Leafs knocked off on Monday night. And I want to ask you, what's your level of concern for the Lightning? And I, I ask that with a little bit of a caveat in the sense that this feels like a team that knows how to flip the switch when they get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. They know that they're getting in. But they've also been on a little bit of a slide going back to March 1st, 21st in the league in points percentage, going back to the trade deadline, 17th in the league in points percentage. They've lost to a lot of teams that are right with them in the Eastern Conference playoff race, and they've lost sometimes in convincing fashion. So on a scale of one to 10, what's your level of concern for the Lightning, who, by the way, nice little treat. For the Carolina Hurricanes, they currently sit in the first wild card spot, and that's who Carolina would match up with after winning potentially the Metropolitan Division this season. Your reward is the two-time Stanley Cup champs. Doesn't feel like much of a reward there in the first round, but one to ten level of concern. I don't think there's a lot of rewards in the East as strong as it is there currently. I'm probably at about a six and a half or yeah, probably six, six and a half, I'd say, for the Lightning. 
it really is about flipping the switch for them. And the core belief of that club is who they have in goal, Andre Vasilevsky. He's the X factor that everybody knows can step up and steal games and drive that team forward. And to me, he's still played well over this span. The Lightning have just hit a lull. They haven't been great. They've been okay. But okay is not good enough. And I look at Vasilevsky, and in the last 10 games, he's allowed two goals or less five times, three or less, eight out of the 10 games. There's been a couple of blowups recently, and that can happen. For me with Tampa, it's just when their head's in the game. When, when they're making mental, when there's mental mistakes, when they're turning pucks over, when they haven't been hard enough to play against, that's when they've lost. And, and you have to worry, like, are they complacent or is it just a lull? And that's where I think it's just a lull. I think they have all the firepower and the experience to be able to turn it back on. But they really need to get that going here because next thing you know, we're going to be walking into the playoffs, Frank. And if you're not playing well, headed in. I still don't like your chances no matter what. Yeah. Julian Brisebois has had the magic touch in in Tampa. Is there any chance that they did a little bit too much tinkering? I, you know, I think we all kind of universally liked their additions, Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel at the deadline. They paid a significant price for both of them. But you look at the returns. Matthew Joseph leaves their team. I've been saying forever, Matthew Joseph, you can pencil that guy in for 25 goals when he's given the proper opportunity. Taylor Radish goes to Chicago. He's got five points in nine games. Those two guys that have departed are outscoring the guys that are incoming. And sometimes it can be hard to adjust to expectations on a new team and, and fit in with a new group and find that chemistry right away. Is there any chance that the Lightning maybe did a little bit too much at the deadline? Well, I don't think so. I don't want to look at this revisionist. I think, you know, with Joseph and Radish going to teams that frankly aren't very good, they're playing a lot of minutes in a lot of elevated positions that they would have had with a bad team compared to Tampa. And you're factoring Hagel into Paul into similar roles. I do think Hagel has had a little bit tougher time. Paul, to me, has fit in a little bit better, but there's still a bit of runway there. And we have to remember it's still been less than a month, you know, a couple of weeks. I think that'll be fine, but I think that scoring output really is just indicative of the opportunity Joseph and Radish have had. And I'd expect Hagel to come along with the Lightning as well. Yeah, I think the tough part that the Lightning gave up, obviously a fantastic contract in Hagel that they're getting back. Uh, Nick Paul is a pending unrestricted free agent, but those guys that they gave up in Radish and Kachuk and Matthew Joseph were all on unbelievable contracts that fit their group and really solid, stout players, which is why those other teams wanted them. They see an opportunity for them to continue to flourish and grow their game. Someone who won't be growing his game any longer, and that's Ryan Getzlaff. We mentioned off the top of the show, breaking news this morning. The Anaheim Ducks captain has announced that he will retire at the conclusion of this season. Mike just wanted to run through a couple things with you. Their franchise icon, he's their all-time leading scorer in both the playoffs and the regular season. You can take a look at his numbers here. One of just uh, 12 players in NHL history who has captained the same team for 10 years and scored a thousand points and he's one of 13 players in hockey history with two olympic gold medals and a stanley cup you saw ryan getzlaff come back this year lots of questions heading into the summer what's going to happen he signs a one-year deal and it felt like he rejuvenated himself along with the rest of the ducks this season he's already almost doubled last season's point total in almost the exact same number of games. And you're kind of wondering, well, what happens? Where does the Getzlaff story go from here? Now we have our answer. How will you remember Ryan Getzlaff as a captain and player? Well, just one of the most skilled, really power forwards of his time, Frank. You know, Getzlaff is 
someone like, especially as a goaltender, when the puck was on a stick, you had to pay attention. It's not just because he shot it well. It's, he was such a, a good distributor and so crafty with it, but he still played hard and heavy. And you had to watch out and worry about him being on the ice if you were a defenseman, because he was going to be forechecking hard. He was going to be pressuring pucks. He played the right way. He's played the right way his whole career. And I love that he's walking away from this on top. But you also have to factor in injuries, length of career. You know, when you start spending time on the trainer's table in your upper 30s, man, it gets tough. And, and you just question, like, can I keep doing this and for what? Because clearly he wants to be an Anaheim Duck. That's where he's played his whole career. Is it worth it to go somewhere else and try to rejuvenate and find a different place in the family? And I think this is a good call by Getzloff. I'll always remember him as one of the best of his time. To me, with all the accolades you just mentioned, Frank, by all means, somebody the Hall of Fame should be considering. Uh, it's it's a credit, man. Awesome career. And I tell you what, it was fun to play against him a few times because big time skill and a big time challenge for a goaltender. Yeah, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Honestly, you look at his accolades, his numbers, the Stanley Cup, uh, you know, part of some really magical seasons and not just the Olympic gold medals, um, but also how successful that Anaheim Ducks team was for so long. How many deep runs in the playoffs that they had, you know, 2007 when they won, it wasn't his team. He was on the fourth line and just a kid trying to find his way. When he took that team over with Corey Perry, the Anaheim Ducks are one of the very best teams, top five in the league for almost a full decade. They've had some pain since then. And I think that's, we were all wondering where the, do the Ducks go from here? No Lindholm, no Manson, no Raquel. And now it's no Ryan Getzlaff moving forward. It seems like the Ducks are going to be taking a couple steps backward, but we'll have plenty of time to look back uh, and look forward for the Ducks as to what's to come. Wanted to keep an eye on one other developing story in the Western Conference, and that's Bowen Byram is rejoined the Colorado Avalanche after a conditioning stint with the Colorado Eagles in the AHL. And he was in Pittsburgh, as you can see this morning, a tweet from Mike Chambers of the Denver Post saying, Bo Byram is here in Pittsburgh. He's planning to skate with the Abs in their morning skate. And could he play tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins? Mike, this is an incredibly important story. He has not played since January 10th, suffered a significant concussion, one of, it seems like, a few in the month of November, uh, and stretching back to previous concussion issues that he suffered from. You hate to see it, especially for such a talented player, someone that can be such a big part of what the Colorado Avalanche are doing. You know, you look back and dial back his numbers even before the concussion, before they're posted here. And he was a guy that was almost at a point per game sort of number like Kale McCarr was on that Avs blue line. If Bowen Byram is healthy, which remains to be seen a big if, but a positive sign that the Avs are getting him back on April 5th, potentially. How big of a boost is this for Colorado and their cup chances? I'm not sure how much it boosts their chances, given that he hasn't played in a while and he's going to be working his way back into the lineup. And that's kind of the nice part of the avalanche currently is that the moves they made at the deadline, especially bringing in Josh Manson, that's given them some flexibility. Even with Gerard out of the lineup, even with Ryan Murray out, with Byram slotting back in, there's moving parts, okay? And we just saw today, Curtis McDermott was rewarded with another two-year deal to stay in Colorado. He's been a big part of that club. So if Byram can get back and be playing at his pre-injury level, by all means, this is a boost for the Colorado Avalanche, not knowing when the other players may come back and if they're healthy as well. But beyond that, I'm just happy to see him back on the ice and getting the opportunity to play because anytime Frank's a young player, an old player, doesn't matter, has anything to do with concussions, you worry about him. 
You know, you don't want to see a career cut short. And um, thankfully, we do have examples. Look at Sidney Crosby. We didn't know where he would be after having concussion and uh, and other problems with his upper body. And here we are with Byram. So hopefully this is a good return for him. He's able to get back in the lineup and make that same offensive contribution that he was previous to his injury. I'm going to go out and say this is an enormous boost for Colorado because if you look at their defense core, it's actually been so good that you you wonder where does this guy fit in now? If you can suddenly slide a, a Josh Manson or someone or Jack Johnson further down the lineup, you know it just makes your team that much stronger. And with all due respect to Devon Taves and the unbelievable season that he's had, fifty points in fifty eight games. If Bowen Byram is healthy, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he's their second best defenseman in Colorado behind Kale McCarr. So uh, I think that just kind of goes to show, you know, what I think of Bowen Byram and, and where his game had been trending prior to the injury. The question is, Mike, how quickly can he get back to that level? And I think we're all interested to see because if he's in that lineup and he's anywhere close to 100%, that is a nasty, nasty defense core to try and go up against in a Stanley Cup playoff series. Let's get to this week's edition of The Blue Paint, brought to you by DoorDash. All right, Mike, it's time for another edition of The Blue Paint, delivered by DoorDash. So when you take a look at Mike Smith, he had a crazy sequence for the Edmonton Oilers on Sunday. It looked like everything went wrong that possibly could go wrong. But was that actually the case? Well, it's one of these classic scenarios where people look at it and go, WTF, what's happening here? Why is he flailing around? Well, because a couple things happen in short order that cause it. And I've got a piece out on Daily Faceoff that goes a little bit in depth into this in the written side. And, and it all stems from right off the bat. When Sam Carrick drives towards the net, Mike Smith plays him aggressively uh, in a really tight butterfly on his post. And the reason he's doing so is because if Carrick's going to shoot that puck, Smith wants to take away everything short side. He doesn't want to have any holes. He's completely sealed. But by being 90 degrees to the goal line, it exposes him on the wraparound. So when Carrick goes around the net, it turns into full desperation mode for Smith. And he's actually smart to drop his stick. That releases all the interference with the post. And the cardinal rule for a goaltender is, hey, we got to seal the ice. And that's what Smith does. He dives across the head to seal the ice. Well, he lays on the ice because he's not sure if the puck's underneath him, which is another goaltending cardinal rule. If you don't know where the puck is, if you think it's underneath you, don't move because you don't want to put it in your own net. And then there's another panic point because he looks up and realizes, I don't have the puck, and now it's on Jamie Drysdale's stick. What I think Mike Smith did really well in this sequence, Frank, it wasn't that he battled. It's that he's, he kept his eyes attached to the puck at key moments. When he sees it goes to the point, he doesn't try to recover to his feet. He keeps attached. He calmly makes the save. I know this play looks crazy, but it happens so fast in real time that when Carrick doesn't shoot that puck, from that point, you got to <laughs> grind. And that's just being a goalie sometimes. It's not pretty, but he got it done. He played really well in that game too, Frank. I, I actually missed this sequence, so this is the first time that I saw it, but... It was just funny to hear you say that he kept his eye on the puck. Like the puck at some point is totally like 75 feet down the other end of the ice at the point, And he almost has no idea where it is, but he somehow finds his situational awareness pretty quickly, as you pointed out. Yeah, he does. And that's obviously when it goes underneath him, and he doesn't see it. Like he's got to find it immediately. And that's once he does, he sees it on the half wall and he makes that split second decision. Hey, I'm not going to try to get to my feet. I'm just going to stay on my backside and track this puck. And he ends up making a pretty simple glove save on Drysdale. 
Mm-hmm. So that wasn't the only crazy sequence from Sunday. Alec Martinez ended up scoring on his own net off of a faceoff. Who's to blame here? I think this is just hard luck. I don't think you can really blame anybody. Will Carlson's taken a draw five on three for the Vegas Golden Knights. They're down two men. They've got a player coming out of the box in three seconds. And what Robin Leonard's trying to do as the puck comes toward him, he's trying to shepherd this off to the left side of his body. You can see him put his glove behind his stick to give an extra layer of protection in case the puck bounces. Well, it doesn't bounce. It deflects deflects off Alec Martinez's stick directly through his legs. There's no time to adjust to this. If you're going to lay blame, the only person it could go to would be Martinez, but he's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to turn on this puck to his forehand to be able to clear it, and it just happens to go off the backhand. And we're so used to seeing players in the NHL do everything perfect, Frank. Like, they do make mistakes at times, but when a goofy play like this happens, you look and think... What are they doing? Is anybody paying attention? Yes, they're paying attention. Yes, Robin Leonard's watching the puck. This replay is in slow motion. I'm telling you, Frank, in real time as a goaltender, when this puck deflects, you don't have any time to correct. Your pl- His was played by Leonard like every other goaltender in the NHL would have played. it. It's just hard luck. Sometimes it happens. Vegas fought on. They ended up winning 3-2 in overtime against Vancouver. Yeah, honestly, looking at this again for the first time, it felt like Martinez was just trying to shuffle it to behind the net where he could then eventually get it and sort of redirect it away from Leonard. And it just ends up going off his stick and in. And obviously, Leonard was trying to maybe shovel it the other way. So just an unfortunate miscue and uh, an issue for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, When you look at the Boston Bruins, who now hold down third place in the Atlantic ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning, A lot of credit has been given to Jeremy Swayman. It sure feels like Swayman is going to be their opening night playoff starter. But what can you tell us about the play of Linus Olmark? Well, I agree with you about Swayman. And Swayman's been great. I mean, his numbers uh, this season speak for themselves in the 920s a lot of the year. And Olmark's aren't quite as high, but Olmark's been really steady. But lately, you look at how Olmark's played. He's riding a five-game win streak. He's got a 931 save percentage over that span and only given up nine goals against. And when you're looking at a tandem, okay, this is one of the reasons why when I do final tandem rankings for this season, Boston's going to end up being pretty high because these two goaltenders have formed a bond with one another. And Olmark's gone in and given quality hockey. He's gone about his way and won a lot of games for the Boston Bruins. And a big improvement in Olmark's game has been on the penalty kill, Frank. Up until March 14th, before you see the numbers that are listed on the screen, Olmark had only killed penalties at an 87% rate. Since March 14th, in those five games he's played, he's at a 909 save percentage. That's improved through, uh, through the season. And that's kind of where you look. Where can a goalie mentally improve throughout a year? to make those numbers go higher, to keep getting those wins. And and that's where I admire this combo. I think they're both pretty cerebral. I think they both pay attention to other teams and video and try to make sure that they're constantly improving. So I've just been really impressed with Olmark, who comes comes in this year, Frank, on a really big contract, long-term contract in Boston. And he's kind of gotten upstaged by his younger cohort, but he hasn't let that him affect him. He's just gone about his business and kept winning games for the Bruins. What I love to see is these two guys really seem to get along well. I know Tuka Rask coming back kind of threw a wrench in the middle of that, but the relationship that they have, at least on the ice and in front of cameras, it seems to be pretty unique. And when you have two guys that are working in unison and in literal tandem, I just think it makes your team that much stronger as well. Fantastic insight from you, Mike. This has been the Blue Paint delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo codes at the bottom of your screen there, DFODD if you're in Canada, DFODD if you're in the United States. That gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. 
You don't want to cook. It's Tuesday night. What are you doing? Get DoorDash, all your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. All right, Mike, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag DAskDFO on Twitter. Mike, and my question to you is fill in the blank. Blank is not getting enough love for their season so far. Who's your guy? I think Rasmus Anderson for the Calgary Flames. And I know the Flames are an easy target because they've been a good team. They've had a ton of scoring from everybody, it seems like, as forwards. But if your forwards are going to score, you need your D to move the puck. And man, if you're the Calgary Flames, if you're GM Brad Treleving, you got to be happy having a guy locked up like Anderson for the next four years at a value at just over four and a half million dollars. He's leading Calgary's defense in scoring. He's got 42 points, 38 assists, and, and it's been dispersed. He's done it five on five. He's got 16 points on the power play. And it's his fourth season in the NHL. And you look for growth for defensemen. A lot of them don't mature until they're 26, 27 years old. That's what we're looking at with Anderson here. He's doubled his offensive output this season. It's higher than it's ever been. I've been really impressed with his play. And I think the the defensive side's come along too, Frank. Who do you have? Yeah, I'm going to go just up the road, uh, Highway 2, and I'm going to go to Edmonton. And I'm going to say, it's it sounds funny to say this, but ultimately at the end of the day, one of Connor McDavid and or Leon Dreisaitl won't end up getting enough love for their season. And the reason for that is because I think that they're – Two excellent campaigns are going to end up essentially canceling each other out or at least decreasing some of their chances for the Hart Trophy. I think you've seen this tear from Austin Matthews. And for whatever reason, I don't know why it seems that in this case, you know, for whatever reason, people seem to knock either Dreisaitl or McDavid down a peg because they end up playing with each other at varying points. Whereas Austin Matthews has a guy in Mitch Marner that's eighth in the league in scoring and doesn't really seem to get the same treatment. So um, it's a big sort of tussle for Hart Trophy voters. How do you end up handling this? Because by the literal definition of the award, if you end up taking it literally, well, if it's for most valuable player to his team, well, if that's the case, then the other technically shouldn't be on your ballot at all. So I'm not necessarily a literal voter. I don't think you can write off you know, one of these seasons and not have them be part of your top five. I think it's a bigger discussion than it's ever been. But I just think at the end, unfortunately, one of these guys is going to end up losing out and isn't going to get enough attention for what has been pretty unbelievable seasons. You've got either potentially the league points leader in the Art Ross race with Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, who's still challenging Austin Matthews, though he seems to be running away with it for the Rockets. So lots of attention on those guys. But in the end, voting wise, one of them is going to suffer. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It always ends up splitting the votes, it seems like. Those two have been absolutely fantastic. No surprise there. Uh, and fair point. I mean, Marner, he's eighth in scoring, but Frank, He's been leading the NHL, I think, for the last past several weeks now. He's just had those games missed. So really good point about the Toronto Maple Leafs in comparison to the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, let's get to our daily face-off daily bet segment with Tyler Uremchuk. First day of legal betting in Ontario with points bet. How did you end up doing? Uh, not a good day, night for me. Went 0 for 2, but we'll look to make that up again tonight. And you're right. 
legal betting in Ontario. If you missed it yesterday, our friends at PointsBet, they are live in Ontario. If you head over to our Twitter feed or over to our Instagram, there's a little referral link in there. Hammer that and you'll get a nice little bonus courtesy of PointsBet. And maybe you'll tail me tonight. Maybe you'll think I snap out of my sort of mini slump here. But let's start with a game that the Edmonton Oilers are involved in. I'm actually doing, once again, my favorites in regulation parlay with the Oilers and Hurricanes. It's paying out a very juicy 192. Starting with Edmonton, they've been making a habit of beating up on subpar teams as of late. If you look at their sort of schedule over the last six to eight weeks here, really the only reason they're still somewhat comfortably ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights is because Edmonton has taken care of business against bad teams. And the Sharks, are certainly a bad team right now. They've lost three in a row. They have just three wins in their last 10. Edmonton's on a nice winning streak. They got seven wins in their last 10. They've also beaten the Sharks twice in the last six weeks as well. I like Edmonton to roll in regulation night. I like the price we're getting as well in this parlay here. And part two is the Carolina Hurricanes to beat the Buffalo Sabres again. I like the price we're getting here. Yes, the Sabres have been a tricky team to bet against recently. They've been winning their fair amount of games, but this is a tough matchup against the Canes. The Sabres are coming off a loss to the Panthers. Carolina coming off a loss to Minnesota, but they're rested. They've had a couple of nights off, and that should mean Freddie Anderson gets the start for Carolina tonight. He's allowed just nine goals against in his last five starts, so I like Anderson to shut the door. Canes to win in regulation. Parlaying it with the Oilers in regulation at plus 192. And for my player prop, I'm sticking with the Edmonton Oilers. I'm going with Connor McDavid over one and a half points. It's still insane that him to go over one and a half points is in the minus money. But honestly, this thing has been borderline free money as of late. He's hit this not just in three straight. 11 of his last 13 games have been multi-point efforts from Connor McDavid. If you want to go back even further than that, We can. He's hit this mark in 15 of his last 19 games. That's absolutely insane. Something has happened 15 of the last 19 times, and this is somewhat close to even money on the payout. I'm all over it. I like McDavid to torch the Sharks tonight and go over one and a half points in an Oilers winning effort. And those are my plays tonight, Frank. Love it, Tyler. That brings us to garbage time with Mike McKenna. Mike, you've got a hockey tale for us that involves your daughter. What's the story? And it also involves a phone call from the school guidance counselor. Uh, I woke up this morning. We're getting ready for the daily face-off show. And sure enough, Kenlin's been involved in an altercation. And I went, oh boy, my daughter, here we go. Well, turns out, Frank, she was defending the dignity of all the women and the girls in her classroom because there'd been some boys who'd been bullying them and hadn't been very nice. And well, she took it into her own hands to confront them regarding their Legos remaining in the room too long. In any case here, Frank, the point to me is that my daughter really learned to stand up for herself in the right way. Okay. She didn't, she didn't go after anybody. She didn't attack them, but she also didn't back down. And she told the counselor, Hey, I learned this from hockey. I learned that I have to do this to help my teammates, to help ourselves to not be pushed around. And I just think that that's the type of thing that we've learned from hockey. You know, it is that aspect of standing up for not yourself, not just yourself, your teammates that buy in that saying those things that you learn from organized sports are really important. So um, it was a pretty interesting conversation, to say the least. Uh, counselor was surprised that she learned this, that it came from hockey and I wasn't. So, oh, boy, the joys of parenting, Frank. You know, I don't know what else. To yeah, say I mean, about it. I'm, I'm I, pretty proud of her, but we're also going to have to have a little talk with her and make sure she doesn't go overboard when these types of things happen. Yeah, it's. I think it's much easier um, as a parent to kind of rein that in as opposed to try and instill that. Like, and I think you're right. People ask themselves, you know, why do we 
go all over for hockey tournaments? Why do we go to all these practices and games? Why do we do all those different things? It's not because we think that our kid is going to play hockey at some impressive high level. It's to teach them all the other things. It's to, you know, to stick up for your teammates, what it's like to be part of a team, uh, you know, sharing in an effort, you know, friendship, all those things um, that really are important life skills that you're not going to learn in a classroom necessarily that, you know, I think are so key and crucial. So well said by you, give her a big old squeeze when she gets home from school. And uh, that'll do it for today's Daily Faceoff show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight and analysis from around the NHL. We'll be back right here 12 noon tomorrow. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.